And it wasn't until I became a politician that I realized how nasty, how mean, how vicious, and how fake the press can be. They are the world's eyes and ears on the president. The White House press corps is tasked with covering President Trump's every move. Their goal is to cover the story, but never be a part of it. A job that seemingly gets harder with each day. This is TikTok. I'm Dave Myers. Joining me today is Bloomberg White House reporter Tulu Olo Runipa. Tulu, thank you for joining us. Great to be here. So just start us off. What does a typical day begin like for a White House reporter? Uh, usually it begins right as you wake up and you look at your phone and find out whether or not, or not the president has tweeted for the Ooh. day. The president is uh, somewhat of a, a news assignment editor because he tweets news and he watches his reporters uh, scramble to cover whatever comes out of his mouth. He does not always wait to have a meeting. Sometimes he tweets from the residents in the White House. Uh, so a lot of times the day starts like that and we are off to the races for the day. Uh, we're usually checking our emails, fi finding out what happened overnight. And then shortly thereafter, we either work out of our office or a lot of times White House reporters work out of a small uh, workspace within the White House right underneath the briefing room. Uh, not a lot of sunlight there. We spend a lot of time there, uh, but it's very close to uh, the offices of the press mm -hmm. team, or the press secretary. So between writing our stories, going to talk up, talk to sources, uh, spending time in briefings, briefing calls with administration officials, we spend a lot of time trying to get down down to the, the, the information uh, that the administration is trying to put out and also the information that they do not want to put out, talking to sources sometimes off the record or on background to get them to tell us what's happening behind the scenes so that we can provide that uh, to the, the public in, our, in form of uh, news stories, uh, broadcasts mm -hmm. and various forms of, of reports. And that usually goes through on throughout the day uh, when we're not traveling, sometimes into the evening, source meetings, source dinners, drinks with sources, uh, the whole time trying to get information uh, that we can put into stories. And all throughout the day, we spend a lot of time writing. So that's a really fascinating look at just like the day of a, of a White House reporter. And let's let's go back to where you work in the West Wing, because I've been in that in that room as well, it's you know it's the briefing room that everyone's familiar with, and then there's those little offices behind it, but also behind the podium where Sarah Sanders is every day is the communications office, isn't it? Right. How would you describe your relationship or any White House reporter's relationship with the communications team with Sarah Sanders? Yeah, it's a very interesting relationship. It actually has to be an open door relationship because uh, we work in the same space. We walk into their offices often without warning, without sending them an email first or calling them first. We can just sort of walk into Sarah Sanders' office if she's there and stick our head in. And if they're not having a meeting or doing anything else uh, that's uh, off limits to the press, we can go in and ask them questions and say, listen, we're hearing this from our sources or the president tweeted this. What does it actually mean? And uh, it's a functional working relationship. It's contentious at times. A lot of times we try to get information and the White House either doesn't have the information or isn't ready to put it out. Or sometimes they're trying to get us to report things in a certain way so there is a lot of push and pull uh, but because we work in the same space uh, we have to sort of have uh, a little bit of a working relationship where we can go to them and say this is what we're hearing and this is the information we're looking for so when things do get hot and heated and you, and the relationship is a tough one where does the president play into that how much access do you see uh, how much access do you have to him when do you see him 
Yeah, we uh, we see the president pretty often um, because he is uh, the top media consumer in the White House. He watches more media than even the, the press team. He spends a lot of time critiquing the media, talking specifically about the coverage of the presidency as the presidency is playing out. It's sort of like he's watching. He's like a football player watching the replay and in the replay booth during the game and, and trying to be the commentator and the, the quarterback at the same time. The president uh, not only is carrying out the duties of the presidency, but is also really focused on how his actions are being covered, how it's being portrayed to the American people, where he believes reporters are getting it right, where they're getting it wrong. So because of that, he spends a lot of time trying to spin and shape the narrative by coming out and talking to reporters, engaging in a back and forth. Sometimes he calls reporters into the Oval Office and he'll sign a, a document, sign an executive order or make an announcement, and then he'll open himself up to questions and, and it's off to the races. So when he does call reporters into the Oval Office or he does announce that he's holding a news conference like he did yesterday, how do, how do you prepare for that? Yeah, uh, there are a number of different ways. If it's a more um, significant formal news conference, uh, we usually come in with written questions that we write down um, and the off chance that he might call on us. Uh, we consult with our other uh, reporters on our team. Usually there's one seat for each news outlet, so we'll find out which reporter is going to be the representative and we'll consult with the rest of our team members about what is a good question to ask, what are the questions that are the news topics of the day, um, what are the things that he's already addressed that we maybe won't ask about today because he's already talked about them. We'll also talk to our editors who may have a, an idea for the top issues of the day that need to be uh, brought up in a question and answer setting. Uh, and then after that, we, we go in and um, we try keep to get, you keep your fingers crossed. <laughs> we keep our fingers what crossed. What happens if he does call on you? Yeah. What's, is there an unwritten rule? Do you you get one question or you, you, you get a follow up? What what is the maybe it is the spoken rule between you yeah. uh, and the communications team? Yeah, I mean, I think in general, you, you try to uh, make news through your questions. So different reporters have different strategies for doing that. Some go in and try to ask as many questions as possible uh, on different topics and see which one the president wants to engage in and, and, and make news on. Some reporters ask really short, direct questions that are provocative, that may get the, the president to uh, make news or say something unexpected. Uh, and some reporters try to have follow-up questions and have a little bit more of a back and forth and a dialogue. Uh, it's really uh, a grab bag of different options and different styles, and it really depends on the reporter. And also, sometimes it depends on the mood that the president might be in. Some days mm. he may be more willing to uh, sort of allow a reporter to pontificate a little bit and get through their questions. Some days he's really amped up and, and he's going to jump in before you finish your question and it's more of a back and forth and he wants more of that give and take. So you kind of have to be able to read the room a little bit, read the president. Um, you don't want to be the reporter that's taking up all the time and trying to dominate the the, the conversation. You want to also be respectful of your colleagues who also want to get questions. Um, but I think there's a wide range of different styles that are acceptable and uh, it just depends on the, the reporter, the day, the mood of the president, the mood of the room, and you kind of have to be able to read all of that to try to figure out what's the best way to get the president to answer your question. So that takes us to Wednesday, 
when the president was holding his news conference in the East Room, right. and he called on CNN's Jim Acosta. Yep. What happened? Yeah, it was already a, a bit of a tense room, and uh, the president was amped up. This is a day after he, his uh, his election. Uh, the midterm election saw his uh, party lose uh, control of one house of Congress. Pretty negative uh, re- response, uh, negative result for him, at least on one side. The president came out and tried to do a press conference where he spinned and talked about how things were positive and how he thought it was a great, uh, great night for him. But he was starting to, to get questions from reporters challenging him in very direct ways. And when uh, CNN's Jim Acosta, who has often been seen as a foil for the White House because he asked very provocative and direct questions, and the president has very negative things to say about CNN generally, and uh, there was a clash that was already sort of waiting to happen. So the, Jim tried to ask a question about uh, the president and tried to fact check him about some of the things that he has said that are, are not accurate. And the president was not really having much of that. He was uh, trying to stop uh, Jim in the middle of his question. He basically called out CNN for for you know the type of reporting they do. And the president continued his attacks on the media. Mm-hmm. So it became a little bit of a back and forth. And at, at some point, pre- the president told Jim Acosta to sit down and try to move on to the next person, uh, NBC's Peter Alexander. And uh, an intern from the White House came and tried to take away the microphone from Jim Acosta while Jim was asking his question. And uh, Jim held onto the microphone and continued to ask his question. And the intern uh, was a little bit shaken by the fact that she was not able to get the microphone away from uh, the reporter. And the president seemed like he was a little bit upset by that interaction as well because he you know, told Jim to sit mm-hmm. down. And- are you- That's enough. Put down the mic. Mr. President, are you worried about indictments coming down in this investigation? Mr. President. I'll tell you what, CNN should be ashamed of itself having you working for them. You are a rude, terrible person. You shouldn't be working for CNN. Go ahead. And what happened after the news conference was over and after, you know, the cameras were off. What happened to between Jim Acosta and, and the communications team? Yeah, we saw an un- unprecedented action from the White House in which they uh, suspended the hard pass of Jim Acosta, which is basically what you need to get into the White House complex. Uh, we have badges that allow us to move through a very secure uh, area, which uh, is where the president lives and works. And for that reason, there's high, a high level of security. And to get a hard pass as a reporter, you have to go through background screenings and all kinds of um, processes that take several weeks to, to get a hard pass. Uh, and the White House suspended Jim's hard pass, which is something that has not been done in the past for reporters uh, unless for security reasons or maybe if someone is uh, fails a background check or something like that. Uh, So the White House took his hard pass and they justified it by saying that he had laid his hands on a White House intern, which was not what happened, um, but that's the rationale that that they used to uh, take his hard pass. So in essence, they took his hard pass and they silenced him because he can't get into the White House. He can't report on the president. He can't ask questions to the communications team. So in essence... Yeah, it's it's, uh, it's still a little uh, unclear how 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 hard of a, uh, of, of a hard stop there is on the hard pass. For people who don't actually have hard passes, they can apply for daily access Ooh. to the White House. It has to be approved on a daily basis by the press office and by Secret Service. Uh, so it's not yet clear if Jim is able to do that, and if he is being fully banned from the White House, 
or whether or not he has to go back to um, just sort of requesting access on a daily basis, which can be denied or approved by the White House and by the Secret Service. Um, but they ha that is a significant step in silencing him and, and stopping him from doing his job in the way that uh, the rest of the press corps does. Now, you can still cover the president and the White House from outside of the uh, of the White House complex, but it makes things much more difficult, mm -hmm. especially when there are press conferences and, and, and uh, administration officials and events at the White House that require access. And if one person is being uh, denied that access, it's going to make their job much more difficult. So we saw the White House Correspondents Association speak out against this and, and, and call out the White House and say that they should reverse this decision. So far, they've continued to stand by the decision, but we'll have to wait and see to find out how it plays out. How is a journalist whose job it is to report what's happening, but also not be a part of the story, how hard is it right now to do your job? Yeah, it's especially hard in part because we see that part of the political strategy of the White House and of the president is to make the media an enemy and make the media a opposition force when we're not typically supposed to be seen in that in that light. Most reporters come out to do their job, to report the facts, to report the news, and we don't want to be a part of a political party or part of a political movement for or against any president. So the president is trying to move us off of our space mm -hmm. from of neutrality and make us an opposition party because he sees that as a strong uh, political strategy. So as reporters, we have to manage to continue to report in a tough manner, but also in a fair manner while not be part of the story and that is uh, especially challenging under this president where he talks so much about the media it makes us automatically part of the story mm -hmm. but we have to put our heads down and just report the facts report the news and make sure the people get the information they need to live their lives for all the people who don't live in the news bubble that we live in that follow everything the president tweets doesn't watch all the, the news conferences what do you tell these people who see this exchange what advice would you give them when they see that Jim Acosta, a reporter, and the President of the United States arguing like that? I would tell them that, you know, reporters are everyday people, regular folks just like uh, the rest of us, and their job is to get information and to hold truth to power. So, as you might expect, uh, there's obviously respect for the presidency, but reporters are not necessarily just supposed to act the way that normal people act when they are in front of people of, of power. They're actually supposed to challenge those people and know that they are held accountable by the taxpayers who uh, fund the government. It's a key part of democracy. It's a give and take. It's been part of the, this country for centuries, and it's part of the reason why reporters play such an important role and why we have a, a, a job that is protected uh, by the f First Amendment. So it may look a little bit uncomfortable for a reporter to be challenging the President of the United States in such a direct manner, but that is part of the, the, the process. That is part of what is, is uh, key to uh, a functioning democracy. And the President understands that. The press uh, team understands that at the White House. They know that we have a job to do and that we're not trying to be uh, you know, antagonistic to the president or be part of the opposition, but we're trying to uh, hold them accountable. So it may look uh, negative uh, from the outside, but uh, this is the job that the reporters are supposed to do. This is the role that they're supposed to play. And uh, as long as we remain focused on the facts and we don't get too emotionally involved in the story, then uh, we're, we're able to do our jobs in a positive way. Tulu, thank you. Thank you so much. Make sure to follow Tulu on Twitter. He's at Tulu O. That's a TikTok for today. Thanks for listening, and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. 
I'm Dave Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.